On today's PMEA's Take Note podcast, we are speaking with jazz singer and songwriter Ann Hampton Calloway, all on today's PMEA's Take Note podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of PMEA's Take Note Podcast. I'm Marcos Padagas. Thanks for being with us. Uh, I'm really excited today uh, for our guest. It's, uh, I guess it's a little bit out of the norm, uh, but I think it's one that you're really going to enjoy. Uh, joining us today is a singer, songwriter, vocalist, uh, probably a lot of other things in there. Maybe we'll, we'll, uh, we'll figure out the whole resume by the, the end of our time together. Ann Hampton Calloway. Ann, thanks for being with us. It's great to be with you. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Yeah. So uh, I have followed your career uh, for many, many years, and it's been really fascinating to watch uh, kind of what you've done from singer, songwriter, Broadway. And and I, to tell you the truth, my very first exposure to you was when you were on Broadway in Swing. Oh, wow. I'm glad you saw that. So that was you know, maybe over two decades ago, not to date either of us, but yeah, that's... Uh, 1999 to 2001, I was lucky to star in that show. Yeah. So one of the things that blew me away there was uh, your ability to scat sing. Wow. And you probably don't remember this, but 20 years ago, I did a television show and we had you on as a guest on the phone on this, because that was primitive days before we had all this technology, right? Oh. On the phone. And we talked a little bit about it. I, I just want to show this little clip uh, <laughs> from then just because, right? Okay. Amazed by, by scat singing, what you can do. Isn't it interesting? Yeah. I mean, where did you, where did you learn that skill? I, I mean, I know a lot of musically inclined people and they really don't have that skill. Well, I, I it always came naturally to me. Uh, my dad, my mother is the singer in the family. She's a wonderful singer, pianist, and she's a voice teacher in New York. But my dad, who's a journalist, happened to love jazz and happened to sing scat. So when I was a little girl, you know, walking around the house, I'd hear my dad scat singing just, you know, for fun. Thinking this, we've been talking about scat. Um, maybe could you explain exactly what it is to, to our viewers? Sure. Um, scat is, is the use of voice uh, rhythmically to a harmonic structure, say a song, which has chords. And it's basically taking the, the voice and using nonsense syllables. Like some people like to do, you know, like Frank Sinatra would say, dooby, dooby, doo. Mm -hmm. But everybody seems to have their own scat syllables, like, um, I'm on like the floor now after listening to it. I'm, I'm amazed by that. <laughs> well, you know, after a cocktail or two, I could even get you to sing scat. So one of these days, I'll, I'll give you the pleasure. I'll, of it. I'll take you up on that. Okay. And all these years later, I'm still amazed by those who can do that. And you do it so, so well. Well, thank you. And have you tried it yourself? No, I haven't. And it's, you know, I'm around music teachers all the time. Uh, and I, that's just not, I guess I haven't had the cocktail yet to get myself prepared for it. So. Wow. Well, you know, when I work with uh, students, I will sometimes just sing something like Bob Day, and then they go Bob Day, and they go Ba-do-ba-do-do, and they repeat Ba-do-ba-do-do. And, you know, if you actually start to, let, let's say that the, the most famous scat solo in history is Ella Fitzgerald singing How High the Moon with a 10-minute scat 
scat solo. Now, everybody says, oh, how could you think so many different musical ideas in 10 minutes? Some of those things were song clips, you know, song quotes that she probably had come up with the perfect way to do, to sneak in there. And some of it was just free improv. But scat singing is is available to everyone. And you'd be surprised at the most unlikely people who started to say, oh my goodness, I actually can sing some scat. So I, I recommend people trying it. It's, it's a fun thing to do when you're cleaning the house or driving your car, just, you know, try to make some nonsense syllables to a melody that seems to fit the song you're listening to. And you'll be surprised at how much fun it is. All right, so that's that'll be my challenge. I will report back to you on our next interview. Tracking results, Mark. Don't yes. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll report back. Uh, so uh, you know, as I mentioned, you know, you've done Broadway. Uh, you you've you've written your own songs. You've released a lot of albums. Uh, you know, other people's songs. I, I'm curious, like as you look back on your career, like how can you, how do you encapsulate what you have done? How do you look at it this this very broad career? And we'll get to the new album in a second, but mm -hmm. how do you see kind of up to here? I see that my creative spirit has taken a lot of chances, uh, been revealed and strengthened and um, developed by by many wonderful friendships with very, very talented people who taught me a lot uh, and inspiring people that came before me uh, who taught me a lot. And that I've, I've been a person in my life who said yes to everything that made sense. If, if somebody called me up and said, can you do this? Yes. If it, doesn't ma it didn't make sense to me, I said no. But, uh, you know, when the woman called me up, I was walking down the street in New York City and said, would you, would you be available to do a record a song for a film that Robert De Niro is uh, making? Of course, I said yes. And then the next day, oh, could you get into costume and be on the, on the you know, set at, uh, you know, 7 a.m., five hours before Diva O'Clock? I said yes. Uh, when when they were looking for an Anne Hampton Calloway type for the Broadway musical Swing, I and they couldn't find one, and they called me. I said yes, I would love to see you. Um, but I also came up with a lot of things that I wanted to do, and I planted those seeds. And um, and sometimes those those dreams take a really long time to come true. But but I've always believed that if you keep working, you keep learning and you keep developing possible ways of making something happen, it can happen. And so producing two pilots for a TV series I wanted to have called Singer Spotlight was an adventure. Uh, learned so much about what television takes. Um, working with symphony orchestras, creating symphony shows, um, because I love to sing with an orchestra. And, and working with the greatest arrangers of our time to make song song lists and celebrations of people and music and themes that, that thousands of people will want to hear. Um, that's been an amazing creative experience. Writing TV themes for people, and my biggest hit, The Nanny. Um, it became just from meeting Fran after a show of mine, original songs, and she said, oh my God, you're so talented. We need to work together. And, you know, and then when she called me up after several songs that I had written, the pilots didn't go anywhere. And she said, would you please write a song for this new series I'm trying to develop called The Nanny? I said, yes. Saying yes and being open to possibilities and open to people and being friendly 
has led me to an incredibly rich life. I never dreamed that I would get to stand on a stage next to Stevie Wonder and sing the finale with him. And, you know, I never dreamed that Wynton Marsalis would be on several of my CDs. Um, but if you say, if you pray for things, if you envision things, and if you also put it out there that you want to do things, it's amazing how many things actually get manifested. And, but the timeline can be very long. You know, you never know. Yeah. But I, I'm very grateful that I've had such a rich life and I'm just going to stay the adventurous diva that I am. Yeah, yeah. And so I guess part of that is in this releasing this new album um, called Finding Beauty Originals, uh, volume one. So I love that it's volume one. I guess that's a teaser. There's more ahead. Uh, but this is all original music. Uh, talk to us about this. Well, you know, I've written over 300 songs. And this year I was inducted into the Women's Songwriter Hall of Fame, which was an incredible honor for me. And it was really on my mind during the pandemic when this album began that on my bucket list, what would I really feel if, let's say I didn't make it through the pandemic and then I died and I'd be up there in heaven going, why didn't I ever do that album of original songs? I have so many songs that are unheard. It's like Emily Dickinson died with drawers and drawers of poems that nobody knew. And I always found that to be so sad. Um, so, when I mentioned this dream to my friend, uh, Deborah Martini, who had commissioned songs, that's how I made my money during the pandemic was doing uh, online concerts and commission, doing songwriting commissions. And she said, well, you should do it, let's do it. And I said, what do you mean? <clears throat> she said, yes, I'd like, to, I'd like to underwrite this. And she also wants to underwrite part two. And I'm just blown away. I mean, who does that? So it became a very beautiful, long, interesting process of doing singles. We did five singles and then the rest of the songs, uh, my wonderful team, Trey Henry and Paul Piano, have a, a production company called The Chemistry Set. And they arranged and put together the musicians for all of these songs. And it just became this amazing experience. And in fact, one day Trey said, you know what? This is the best pandemic ever because we were having so much fun. And now it's, it's out there, it's alive, people are listening, They're, the response has been incredible. It's probably my best charted CD of my life. And, uh, and I hope that many other singers will wanna sing these songs and, and they become a part of the new standards. Yeah, and you know, I love that you've done some collaboration on some of these songs, but yes. I, I have to say my favorite collaboration that, that you've done in the past is when you do it with your sister Liz. Yes, I love singing with my sister. We I have, just think there's an extra special connection there. There is. It's not just the singing and the the, the vocal sound and the, the phrasing that we do so carefully together and intuitively together. There's all the love, you know, and the life of that we've shared together. So it, it resonates in a very powerful way. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So I've seen you perform live several times. Uh, and one of the things that you sometimes do is you'll ask the audience for some random words and then you create a song out of it. And it's okay. it's a fascinating thing to watch. Where did that come from? Where did that idea come from? Well, I, I think I'm just a natural, first of all. But when I was 12 years old, I was, uh, you know, I was in Riverdale where we were living at the time. And I was sitting by the pool reading this book by Bob Dylan called Tarantula. And he wrote this book in, a, I don't know, a few weeks or a month or so. And it was all free association writing. I thought this is so interesting that he could just write, you know, whatever came into his mind and then just 
call it a novel. And so I started, I was already writing journals. I was already writing song lyrics. I was already writing poems. But I started journaling free association and just writing the first thing that came to my mind. And <clears throat> I couldn't believe what came out. I, I was like, who is this person? I, I'd like to know her. You know, she was, <laughs> she was much smarter than me. And I, I like to tell people I do my best thinking when I'm not trying. And when you're doing that, for people who want to learn how to do this, Julia Cameron wrote a wonderful book called The Artist's Way. And this was after I, you know, when I was a kid that I started doing this. So that really limbered up my intuition. And uh, I have one of my best friends is the Rhyming Dictionary. So my brain has processed rhymes quite a lot through the years. But when I moved to New York from Chicago, I'd be singing in these piano bars and people would be talking. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to make up a song about them. I'm going to I'm going to involve them. I'm going to like be in this moment. And it started out as sort of a dare to myself, and then it became something that I just miraculously could do in any setting uh, with concert, you know, symphony orchestras. I've done it with. Uh, I've done it a cappella, you know, in front of important occasions. One of my favorite improvs was uh, after September 11th. I was at my spiritual uh, place in. Um, where I practice yoga in South Fallsburg. And um, our teacher had said that the people who had died had really not understood what happened to them. So I said, let's go upstairs and let's sing them our blessings. And so about 12 people came upstairs and then more and more people were drawn up. About 150 people were improvising for an hour, words and phrases to bless the people who had died. And these people had never done this before, but the love and the intention brought out this extraordinary musical moment that I will never forget. So improv is, is not just fun. It's not just a party trick. It's really an amazing experience that honors the moment. And it, it allows you to just be totally focused on one thing and one thing alone. And so, you know, it's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. What a wonderful story. Um, so uh, let, let's go back in time a little bit. You know, uh, talk about your school days in in music. Uh, I don't think I've ever read anything or seen anything about like what was your experience like in music education. Well, you know, I grew up in public schools, but I, I grew up with a mother who was a singer. My mom Shirley Calloway was a singer, pianist, and a voice teacher. So I learned so much from her. You know, sitting on her lap as a baby and touching my fingers on the keys, watching her, wanting to do what she did. And I kind of just made stuff up on the piano. I was terrible at piano lessons. Hmm. Uh, I had a very mean teacher when I was 10. And then I had a fabulous teacher when I was 16, but I really couldn't sight read very well. I had a, a really good ears. So I would just like throw away my Beethoven book and I would make up fake Beethoven. <laughs> and then I met a man named Alan Swain in Chicago. And before I moved to New York, he taught me how to play jazz piano and play any kind of chord with any voicing. And he had a great system for teaching that. And so when I arrived in Chicago, the third night my sister joined me, uh, Liz moved to New York as well. We went to this little piano bar. And because I had studied with Alan Swain, I could say yes when I got a standing ovation when I sat in that night at the piano bar. I, I could somehow learn how to do six hours of music a night at that little piano bar by where we were staying. And that began my career. But I was an acting major. I like to say I served two years at University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana. <laughs> and the teachers were, were kind of bullies. They, they were bitter that they hadn't, you know, 
made it themselves on Broadway or, you know, in, in theater. And so I realized that this was not going to be for a very sensitive person that I am, there's not going to be how I would continue my education. So moving to New York, I got to study acting, music. Um, I wanted to be an opera singer for a while, and I got an amazing technical vocal. I developed great vocal te technique from two great opera singers, one a Swedish one that I studied with at Nutri East, and one at my college, uh, Nick DiVigilio. And that really helped me to develop an instrument that could you know, do a show eight days a week on Broadway or sing being sick anywhere on a long tour. And that was a marvelous uh, way to get to know uh, how to use my instrument and how to keep it safe. And as, as Leontine Price, the great opera singer said, sing on your interests, not your capital. Mm. But growing up with my, my dad, who was a great lover of jazz, and then my mom, who was, you know, an amazing singer and, and performer, uh, was was very helpful in developing my gifts. And then they had a superb record collection where I heard the greatest singers from the day I was born. And I learned so much just listening to them. I wanted to, I wanted to know all of them. I wanted to sing with them all. And I did. So uh, th that's kind of the out of school stuff. Was there, you know, did you do music like in elementary, middle school, high school? Did you do any well, I'll give you an example. Uh, in Chicago at Nettlehorst at our grade school, uh, they said, oh, we're going we're gonna to have band lessons. And I said, oh, I want to learn how to play the flute. So I signed up for flute. The next day they said, oh, we don't have enough money. So um, we had a little bit of music uh, in schools, but uh, we had an amazing, amazing, uh, in my junior high school, great teachers. I did chorus and uh, a lot of encouragement. Uh, in my junior high school in Riverdale. And then when we went to Nutri East High School, my sister and I had the best teachers and we, I got to star in, you know, musicals there and plays there and work with some incredibly brilliant people. And so many people who grew up in that school and went to that school became very successful performers because of the great education and encouragement we received. And so when I got to college, Thank God I had that as my foundation because otherwise I would have been discouraged and maybe not continued. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm so glad that that uh, you had that at least to uh, kind of as that springboard. I'm a little bummed that the flute didn't work out because when we interview people, I always like to hear like, "What was your high school marching band experience?" So, but I don't get to, I don't get to ask you that question. Uh, no, but you know what I love to do is I love to be a flute vocally. I make a flute yeah. sound vocally like Herbie Mann, and you know people. People love, the, the voice is actually an orchestra. And certain songs I bring out my cello, certain songs I bring out my flute, certain songs I bring out my brass section. You know, it's, there's so many colors to the voice. And so, you know, I'm glad I learned how to play the piano. And I, now I do one woman shows and people love the intimacy of just seeing me sing and play at the piano. And, uh, but, you know, I love to work with great artists. Yeah. In, in addition to be, you know, me being singing. So we probably have uh, uh, some some aspiring young vocalists uh, listening to the podcast. Uh, uh, what's what's your advice to them if they want a career with singing at the center of it? What would you say to them? Well, I think there's so many things. Well, first of all, congratulations to anyone who realizes what a great joy and honor it is to sing. To me, singing belongs to everyone, whether you're professional or not. But if you want to be a singer, um, I would highly recommend that a, you get a great voice teacher, you know, and if you can, if you're a natural singer, you can do without voice lessons. My sister really was a natural singer 
and she's done pretty well, but my mom coached her when she needed to. Um, but, but, you know, we don't, we don't drive a car without taking lessons. And if you really want to learn all that your voice can do and sing in any situation, no matter whether you're sick or you're tired or whatever, having a, having the, the technique to learn your craft is a great, great thing to do. If you can learn an instrument too, because then you could per perform on your own and not have to pay everybody else. Sometimes, <laughs> um, Learning how to act is good because when you're singing a song, you are in a moment, you're creating a moment. And if you can act and be in that moment and believe in that moment, then the people will totally be so much more engrossed in what you're doing. Always look at the lyrics and learn how to really understand what they say and on many levels of emotion. And where is the story? And where does it start? Where does it begin? When you're singing, think about who are you singing to? When you're singing a song, are you singing it to that person in your mind? Are you singing it? Are you looking in the mirror and having a come to Jesus moment with yourself? Are you, is it a beautiful night and you're singing to the moon? Or are you singing to the love of your life? Are you singing to someone who passed away? There's so many things that if you up the um, stakes of that moment, what that song is, and make it personal for yourself. If, if this is just you singing a song, not being in a show, doing a character, you can have the most incredible renditions of songs because they mean something really important to you. And they, they almost make it hard to sing because it's such an emotional thing. You know, when I work with students and, and in master classes, I'll tell somebody, sing to your father, he's about to die, sing the song to your father. And they will like, they can't go through it because they're crying. But what they sing is so real and so beautiful and so profound that they realize, oh, that's where that's where the imagination and the believing can make a song go from good to extraordinary. In terms of a career, uh, one of my things that I recommend people doing is have a friendship circle of people who believe in you, that you can work with, that you can learn from, you know, find someone who plays an instrument that you want to sing with, um, treat them well, encourage each other, go to other people's shows, maybe try to be friends with them, get to know everybody who does what you love to do, and um, go listen to the greats, learn from them. Um, if you can write down your words before you sing a song and really have them so much as a part of your being, then you will not have stage fright. You go on that stage and you you can enter the world of a song and not think about anybody, not need to be self-conscious, not need to be afraid. Just believe in the song you're singing and the beauty that is only yours will come out to the audience. Never, never get discouraged. There will be people who don't understand you. There will be people who are bitter and will say mean things to you. They certainly did to me. But just believe in that beautiful part of yourself that is the, the knowing one. You can call it God. You can call it your higher power. You can call it the spirit within. But always listen to that. And you know, when you go to bed, give thanks. When you get up, give thanks. When you feel discouraged, give thanks for whatever is good in your life. Don't ever let anything take away your belief in who you are. You're supposed to be here. You are a person who matters and be the best you you can be. Don't try to be Adele. Don't try to be Elephant's Child. Try to be the best you you can be.
can learn from them, you can see what they do, but find what is true to you and learn how to do that. And you will have an amazing life. Yeah, uh, thank you so much for that. I mean, that's that's so inspiring um, to hear. I mean, on, on a vocalist level, but I think for uh, any of us in some of those words, you know, as you were talking about how you, you coach, uh, you know, in a master class, maybe I was thinking about, you know, my initial introduction to you, as I said, was when you were in swing. And I, I started to go out and buy some more albums at that point. And uh, as I would listen to you do these great classics in jazz, which at that point, I did not know were great classics in jazz, because that was not my genre that I that I had followed. Right. Um, I not only learned about that music, but what blew me away was that passion and your emotion came through in each song. And as the song changed on the CD, the, I distinctly heard that emotion change. And it, it wasn't, it was very noticeable. And that really did stand out to me. Uh, and that's something, of course, you're still doing all these years later. And I, that is so impressive to me. Well, that's, I think that's the real joy of singing is to, to really listen, listen to the, your band, listen to the story that is in the words, listen to your own heart, listen to what's going on in the world at the moment you're singing it, the song, and just sort of let it all, you know, be enmeshed within you as you as you record or as you perform, and and don't hide who you are, just just share who you are. If you have the courage to share who you are you will embolden other people to share who they are. And I don't think we'd have war in this world if everyone felt true to themselves and true, and they felt that they, they could be themselves and could be valued as who they are. And so music is a great teacher for so many things in life. Yeah. And, you know, my last question actually was to me, you've already kind of answered it was, you know, what would you say to teachers to help young vocalists? But I think you've kind of even encapsulated that in your previous answer. Well, one thing I would say to teachers, though, is there are the language of teaching is so delicate. You know, I always say, tell the truth with love. And if you don't know how to tell the truth with love, then be quiet until you figure out a way to say it. There are people who learn from example. There are people who learn from encouragement. There are people, no one learns from being abused. No one learns from you know, there are people say, oh, if you have, you know, if you have stage fright, then don't be a performer. Don't ever listen to people like this and never treat people like that. Always recognize the possibilities in people. Build on what's already there. Build on the beauty of the individual of your students and encourage that. And then help them discover in themselves the, the pieces that they are not yet familiar with and let them discover those things. And, and always try to create a safe place for your students that makes them feel it's okay to fail in public. You know, if everyone feels like we're listening with love and it's like, you tried something, it might work great. It might not have worked right. It's okay. Try again. Teaching is a very, very important responsibility that you do not crush anyone's dreams ever. But you also don't need to like sugarcoat things and make things, you know, condescending. You, you need to be real, but, but tell the truth of love. And also have a lot of keys in your keychain because some people like a really gentle approach. Some people like an exciting approach. Some people like to be, 
given interesting ideas. Some people just need something physical, you know, to see something and to figure out what each person responds best to, whatever their senses are most open to, and find that language to help them discover the greatness that is in each side of every human being. Yeah, uh, again, such wonderful advice, and uh, and thank you so much for that for both students and teachers. Um, so, you know, I'll encourage folks to go to your website, anhamptoncalloway.com, to see the full tour of where uh, folks can find you. Uh, and you're very busy. You're out constantly, uh, it seems, which I guess that's the fun of it. But uh, I want to point out some uh, some uh, events that might uh, pique the interest of some folks in Pennsylvania, uh, if you're on the western side of the state, uh, in Pittsburgh uh, on December 21st at the PNC Theater at Pittsburgh Playhouse, and that's a holiday-themed uh, concert. Yes. Yeah, which, uh, so that's my neck of the woods, so you may see me there. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then for those on the eastern side of the state, you can go to New York City, uh, uh, the 24th, 26th, and 30th at 54 below. It's the 24th and the, and the 26th through the 30th. So oh, so. okay. Oh, all right. And also, I think it's a, there's a likelihood that we will be doing a live stream. So stay stay in touch with, my sister and I are, are doing this show together called Yuletide Revelry. And we often do, you know, the final performance on live stream. So, um, you know, if you want to find out, you know, stay in touch with our social media, Liz Calloway and, Call and Hampton Calloway. And uh, hopefully we'll see you on online or uh, in person in, in New York. Yeah, for sure. And again, the website is anhamptoncalloway.com to find all of that. But follow social media. You, you post... Uh, you post a good bit on there and uh, keep us updated. So, uh, and thanks for taking some time to talk to us and uh, and giving us some great inspiring words. Oh, such a great pleasure. I wish everyone the very best and let's keep this music alive and well. Absolutely. Uh, and thank you all for joining us on this edition of PMEA's Take Note Podcast. And we want to thank our sponsor, the Grove City College Department of Music. We will see you next time.